This is Darrell Lalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 123. Cha-ching! Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobsher, the Cashflow Ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. What is going on, good people? Welcome to another episode of the Before the Millions podcast. I'm super excited for this episode. What is this episode 123? My goodness. And this episode is all about the corporate lie or the professional lie, the rat race lie that I was told. I don't know if you were told the same lie, but I was told a specific lie or maybe not a specific lie, but I was given a specific type of dream and I wasn't allowed to think outside of those parameters. So on today's show, I will be discussing, along with Matthew, Mr. Matthew Boutzel, I'll be discussing exactly what the corporate lie is and what I did to rid myself of that situation. We'll talk about exactly how you can get the ball rolling in your real estate journey. And we'll also talk about the fear, the daunting fear of not failure, but the fear of success and why it's more prominent than we know. If you haven't already, head over to Instagram right now and let's connect. My Instagram handle is Daray, D-A-R-A-Y. O-L-A-L-E-Y-E. And if it makes it easier for you, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash Instagram. Now, again, in this episode, I'm being interviewed by Matthew. This episode actually came out on his podcast a few months ago, and I'm now stealing this episode from Matthew and playing it for you guys, my listeners, because I think you guys can get a whole lot of value out of it. But if you like this episode, go ahead and subscribe to Matthew's podcast, The Real Estate Journeys Podcast, and you can hear other journeys similar to mine, but maybe these individuals are, are way further along than I am, or maybe they have a completely different niche than me, so they can give you different perspective and different insights on their experiences, right? So that's why Matthew has his podcast, The Real Estate Journeys Podcast. So guys, without further ado, let's just jump straight into the show. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matty B. Welcome back to Real Estate Journeys, the exclusive podcast for new real estate investors looking to grow their brand and their business. So as you guys know, I always like to bring the most value to the podcast here for you. And on today's episode, we have on Daray Olali A. I hope I said that right. And I think I did. <laughs> but uh, Daray is a successful real estate entrepreneur, business coach, and he is the host of the podcast, Before the Millions. He mentors overwhelmed and unfulfilled employees in the professional world through the process of creating and building a 
lifestyle business, the real estate investing, so that they can escape the rat race and live life of their design. With that said, I'd like to jump into it. DeRay, welcome to the show. Thank you, my man, Matthew. I am excited to be on the show. Uh, super, super excited that you've invited me on. Hopefully I can add some value to your listeners. But yeah, I'm excited to be on and uh, uh, looking forward to the conversation that we're about to have. Yeah, yeah. Glad you're here. Uh, for the people, those people that don't know about you, could you give us a little bit more about your real estate journey and how you became the man of the success that you are? I love that. Um, man, where do I start, Matt? So can I call you Matt? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Matthew, it's you. Uh, awesome. Awesome. So when I was younger, I lived in a quaint little house, a three bedroom, two bathroom with my mom and my little sister. And my mom's best friend coincidentally lived across the street. And she had older kids like I was, you know, I'm the oldest of of two and uh, she had older kids, too, as well, um, maybe about five to 10 years older than me. And the guy, he loved to play sports and um, video games. So whenever I went over to their house, I used to play sports and video games. But every once in a while, his little sister, we would connect and she would want to play board games, but she would want to play a board game called Monopoly. I know you guys have heard of it. I was fascinated with this game when I was first introduced to Monopoly. I was like, what is this? This is amazing. Like I could buy stuff and I can own things and this is awesome, right? And I used to lose to her, Matt. I used to lose to her all the time. Like it was it was frustrating. I was a little kid. She was older than me. She was like kind of always picking on me because like I couldn't beat her. And I spent like months trying to master the game. And I realized a few months in that there's certain key metrics that you want to look for and certain things you kind of want to do in Monopoly to become successful or give yourself better chances at winning. And those things were to take up or to purchase the property with board spaces with the highest foot traffic. I thought that was interesting. I started purchasing all the railroads <laughs> and I started purchasing some of the higher end properties. And with that strategy, I started kicking her butt. And fast forward 20 years, I, I still kind of use that strategy here today. But that was kind of my first foray into, into just something I can kind of bite my teeth into. So fast forward a few years, I mean, I'm graduating high school. You know, I get the usual, hey, go get a good job, make sure you, you study hard and get a good degree and so on and so forth. I had, Matthew, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had been in a few gifted and talented classes, so I was primed, quote unquote, to become a success. But at the same time, upon graduating, I had no clue what success meant to me. I had no clue what success meant to my family. I had no clue what direction to go to, to hit the success that everybody thought that I was going to get. So I was just like, man, like that's a lot of pressure to, you know, to, to kind of grow. I mean, <laughs> right. The protege, the protege, <laughs> he's got to do it. The protege, like what, it, what is a protege and how do I do it? I don't know. Exactly. And I was terrified and I was just like, I kind of started playing it safe. I was like, well, what's the safest way to make sure that even if I suck at life, like I could still be okay. I was good at numbers and I was just like, well, good at numbers. What's natural at 18 good at numbers? Okay, let me go study accounting. So I went to college and I majored in accounting and I didn't know anything about the accounting space. So I asked people, I was like, hey, what, what do I do? How do I how do I make a life for myself? How do I become a success? And I'm like, okay, right, this, this is what you do. You go and you work for one of these firms. They're called the, one of the big four accounting firms. And if you work for one of those firms, um, that's like the Harvard or the Princeton or the Yales of accounting firms. And if you work for one of those firms, you give them about 10 to 12 years, maybe 15 years of your time, and they'll make you what is called a partner so that you buy into the company. And at that point, you're making about half a million dollars a year. I was like, okay, that sounds successful. That sounds like somebody's dream job. Like That sounds like 
an amazing way to go. So I said, why not? So for the next few years, Matt, I worked my butt off in college and not necessarily with grades, but um, becoming a community leader, building up organizations from scratch, uh, joining the boards of a ton of different organizations to where I was super well-rounded and I achieved my dream. I achieved my goal. I got an offer from one of these big four accounting firms and it was like the most exhilarating thing in life in that industry, in that space. And I was like, I got it made now. Like, I'm good. So I sat back <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, kill it. So, exactly. I know what life is all about. My first year in, Matthew, my first year in, everything that everybody told me I realized was a lie. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was working about 80 hours a week. Uh, some weeks I was traveling, um, and traveling sounds fun. I love traveling. I think you love traveling as well. Traveling is amazing. Like, I've spent all my life traveling. It's what I want to do with the rest of my life. But this wasn't the type of travel I thought it was going to be. You know, I'd be sitting on my couch Saturday or Sunday afternoon. I'd get an email or a call from my manager saying, hey, we got to go to San Francisco for the next three weeks. Pack up. We got to be there by Monday. I'm just like, well, I got weddings and anniversaries and things to go to. Like, I have a life here. Like, you can't just, okay, whatever. I got to go. So, And then you would go to these places and you would think like, hey, like I'm going to San Francisco, right? I'm, I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm going to San Francisco. Like, beautiful city. I love San Fran. Like, anytime I'm able to go to San Fran, like, I'm, I'm getting on a plane, right? But when I was working there, I was never really in San Francisco. Like I remember I was out there for a three week stint. It was like you again, you leave the air, you leave the airplane and those entire three weeks, like I'm working seven, maybe eight a.m. in the morning to about one, two a.m. a lot of nights. And this is Monday through Friday. Saturday, we're working maybe nine a.m. to about six p.m. Sunday, we're, we're working maybe nine a.m. to about three, three p.m. Right. So you're working seven days a week. I don't see the sun. So I don't even experience San Francisco. So I'm literally like, this is not the dream. This is not what they told me this would be. I'm working year round for a client. Think about the position I'm in. I'm I'm a big four accountant. I'm contracted out to different clients, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm contracted out to these clients, all I see is numbers on a spreadsheet. I don't know what that company is about. I don't really know what they're doing. I'm just looking at numbers and I'm trying to push numbers here and there. The impact that I'm making in the world, I'm not readily able to see that. Like, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah. this is this is kind of pushing the needle and it's giving me a paycheck. So there's no real impact. Right. And then the amount of money I was receiving for the amount of work I was doing was like, well, this is my first full time job. Half of this money is going to the government in the form of taxes. I didn't I didn't know that they took out so much money from our checks. Yeah. I had no idea. Literally, they, they look at your check and they say, "Okay, we'll take half. And I'm just like, that's crazy. So, I mean, I, I think about, you know, the fact that we're paying almost 50 percent in taxes and, you know, this, these are taxes coming out of your check. These are I mean, even sales tax. There's so many taxes that we're so unaware of. And I think about the fact that I'm working from January to June to pay taxes. Literally, mm. I'm working from July to December to pay the bank. Right. So. I just graduated from college. I have a ton of student loans. You got car notes. You got mortgages. If you don't have a mortgage, you have rent. You have all these bills and all these bills, credit card bills, all these bills go to the bank. So the first half of the year, I'm working to pay Uncle Sam. The second half of the year, I'm working to pay the bank. And the whole year, I'm working for a client and I'm not really getting fulfilled. I'm not really making an impact. So at the end of the year, what do I have for myself? I had nothing. So again, my first year as a full-time employee, I was like, this is crazy. I never want to grow up. I don't want to be an adult. Where's where's Never Neverland? I need to be Peter Pan. This is this this woman one day. She um and I don't know. I call her my guardian angel. It's almost like she saw the pain within me. Like again, you may feel as though and people have been in way worse positions and they've done. I mean, I, I've seen people come to this country with nothing and they've been able to succeed. But for me and where I was, I thought that was like hell. <laughs> Eighty hours a week, like literally 
all they do is feed us, Matt. Like yeah. they bribe us with food. We eat from sunup to sundown. And as an accountant, you gain so much unhealthy weight. So there's just so much I was not okay with. But anyways, she hands me this book and she tells me, hey, DeRay, I don't know why, but something's just telling me that I should tell you to read this book. And it was a little purple book. As you know, it's called uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that was the day my life changed. <laughs> That was the day my life changed. Um, and I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you want me to kind of keep going, or if you have any questions you want to interject. But that was literally the day my life changed. Mm. Where did you go from there? So after that, you read this book, and how long before you got into your first real estate property? Did you work, continue to stay at that big four firm for a couple more years, or how long did you stay there after you've read that? I read the book in April of 2016. And I had no prior experience as an investor. I never bought a single property. I didn't know what investments were. I didn't know anything. People have this misconception about accountants and auditors and CPAs about how vast their knowledge is and how much they know about taxes and how much. They, I mean, they just people hear an accountant and they believe that we know every single thing about everything and we don't. Um, so I didn't know anything. So I read this book and 30 days later, I purchased my first investment property. It was a three, two, and it was making me $1,500 a month. And one thing I did know at that time, one thing I, I, I thank myself having the fortitude to know is that most people don't take action. Most people will never take action. The longer that you wait to take action decreases the likelihood that you'll take that action. So when I read that book, I was just like, you know, most, most of us, we read a book and we're like, oh, or we go to a seminar. And we're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, you know, you leave a three-day seminar and you're just like, like, dude, like I just learned so much. I can't wait to go home and implement these things. Monday comes around, you're back in your hometown, you're back in home city, you're back in your environment, and you're back to your old ways. I didn't want that to happen. I think it's really a beautiful thing, kind of what you're saying. And I'm I'm glad you shared your story. And I think that people, when you think about it, nobody really knows anything. Let's say you see like a pretty girl at the bar, you know, you come up with these things in your head, like, oh, she has, she already has a boyfriend. Like she doesn't want, she doesn't want me like, ah, I can't do this. Like I can't do that. You know, then you build up this fear or like, oh, those guys are CPAs. Like they already, they already know everything. And then you're like, you are the CPA. And you're thinking like, dude, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like <laughs> I work at a big four firm and my friends are looking at me like, they want me to do their taxes. And I'm like, oh, please, God, do not ask me because I do not know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then you, you know, but you know what I'm saying? And then you see other successful real estate investors or you see someone and you think, oh, man, like they're killing it. Like uh, I'm nobody. And then you compare your day one results to somebody's day 20 results. And I think that's one of the things with like the podcast and real estate investing as well is like, dude, sometimes it, I still feel like I'm like, I don't know anything. Like, I don't like, I'm just trying to get people on the show and like, let them preach their knowledge. You know, does that, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, you are spot on my man. I think it's one of those things to where, and that's literally the thing, Matthew, that separates the, the haves and the have nots that separate the go-getters from the people who just kind of stand around. I think that most of us, we, we look at, everybody else's situation. And we're like, well, we don't have this, so we can't get started. Or we didn't come from this, so we can't get started. And if we only knew, right, that's why you're never supposed to, you know, judge a book by its cover. You're never supposed to compare yourself to others. But if we only knew. So even in this podcast world, it's weird, but I don't listen to a ton of real estate podcasts. I told you I listen to yours. Yours is amazing, by the way. Um, Every listener on, on this listening right now, this is an amazing podcast. I listen to a few episodes and it, it's phenomenal, but I don't listen to a ton of real estate podcasts because I don't ever want to get in a place to where, um, first and foremost, I, uh, I'm thinking like, man, like, my podcast is not living up to the standard or I'm not doing this or I could be doing this. Like, I don't ever want to play that. I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to play that guessing game. I want to naturally go where I think 
I have a natural inclination to want to help and be able to provide and, and where I see value. So I totally get that. But the best thing that you can do is run your own race is to block out a lot of those other things and not be scared of the unknown. Right. Um, when I first got started in real estate, I knew that I, I was actually prepared, Matthew. I was prepared to have a terrible first deal. Like I was just like, I'm going to feel so bad, but it's going to be so fun. <laughs> I'm ready to lose it. I'm ready to lose it right now. Here we go. I'm ready to lose it. Take my exactly. Money. I was like, I was like, I was like, no college education. No, I mean, this is tuition. This is tuition. I was like, let's get it. So that was my mindset. So that was my mindset. And you go forward with that mindset. Yes, you're going to make a ton of mistakes, but most people never make those mistakes because they don't want to make those mistakes. But they never get off the fence. They never get a chance to make those mistakes because of that fear. Um, so I think that just kind of moving forward again, I call it probably, I think there's a ton of people who coin it this way, but it's ready, fire, aim rather than ready, aim, fire. Mm, yeah. I think pushing forward, you know, is you, the only resistance that you really have is yourself, right? You think like the government's going to slow you down or the taxes, or these are all things that, you know, maybe society or other real estate investors or podcasts or this resistance is something that you just kind of formulate in your head. And you're like, oh, you know, in order to be successful uh, on my first deal, I, I probably need to fail at five. So I'm, I'm ready to lose my money on this first deal. Like, here you go. And it's like, oh, no, actually, like, I kind of did good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, like, I think it's important for people to hear that because I think a lot of people, when they are trying to do their first deal or they're trying to, um, you know, get into real estate and they think, like, where do I even begin? You know, like, just go, you know, go to a meetup, sit in the back of a room. You did something, right? Like, you got the ball rolling. Like, go grab some flyers, go walk some properties. You don't have to purchase them. Like, you know, things don't happen overnight. You know, you're, you're a testament to that. It wasn't just like, you're like, oh, today I'm going to be a real estate investor. Like you had to go through the heartache and the pain of being on the big, big four accounting firm. You know, you had to have some hardships and then that led you to the path that you're on now. So it's really a beautiful thing. I love that. And, you know, I think about kind of what I know, the little bit I know about your journey and your story. I mean, you didn't not go to those meetups. You didn't not start participating in places where you could receive value or even add value. You thought, hey, I mean, you took it one step further. You started a podcast, right? Again, I, I, what I know about your story is that this is something that that helped you get into the real estate space. Or is it the other way around? Getting into the commercial side. So what I did was, so currently I'm living in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and I wanted to, I hear, you know, meet up, meet up, meet up. And I'm like, yo, like I'm trying to like make some moves, but I'm living halfway around the world. So I created a virtual meetup on bigger pockets. And I had about eight members through people throughout the United States. And I was like the, the host or what if you want to call the host, the leader, whatever you want to call it, the host or the leader of the virtual meetup. We had it for like two months. And then one lady reached out to me and we started like connecting and she plugged me with Omar at Boardwalk where I'm at right now. And so when I opened up my... Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Like taking a step back from that right there, that is exactly what you're talking about. That action that you took to start that up. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful unfolding. Yeah, I literally think about it. One of the reasons why I wanted to create this podcast was like, I want people to listen to this, literally. And I want them to say like, DeRay, Matthew, like listen to our stories and be like, I am in Denver, Colorado. I'm looking to get into real estate. Like... I have no excuses not to be jumping into real estate, you know, like these guys like had fear. They jumped into it once halfway around the world. They jumped into it. I think if people really start reassessing their value, 
Like people actually have value. And when people say add value, you know, you're like, oh, well, I don't have anything. Well, it's like, well, dude, actually you have a lot of networks. Like people can use some capital or people could use some, use some of your own money. People can use some of your uh, business acumen. You know, there's always something that you can bring. And I think if you're wanting to get into real estate, there will be a way for you to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't, I couldn't say it better. Um, one of the things that hold people back is that fear of failure. Right. But also people, people don't realize that a lot of people actually have a fear of success. Mm. And this is something that has been kind of instilled in us in an early age, a fear of standing out, a fear of being different. Right. Uh, most people are not real estate investors. Most people are not entrepreneurs. Um, the minute you start doing something different, your family, your friends, everybody's going to look at you different. They're going to see you in a different light or they're going to see that you're changing and you're going to get a lot of feedback. There's a lot weighing in on you when it comes to, well, I want to take the step. I want to be different. I want to try something new, but I'm scared. And it's not that you're scared you're going to fail, but you're scared you're going to be different. You're scared that you're going to be viewed different. You're scared that people are going to think you're, you're changing. But for me, I'm all about mindset and awareness, right? Be, being aware of who you are, what you have to offer, being aware of what's holding you back, some of the blocks, some of the beliefs that you've grown up with. And um, if we start becoming more aware and more cognizant of some of the things, some of our limiting, even even around money, right? I mean, I, many of us grow up with limiting beliefs around money and, and, and what it's able to do for us and, and our value of it, right? Um, if we start breaking down some of those barriers, I think that we'll be all the better for it. Uh, going back to the fear, uh, fear of success, Money is a prime indicator. If you're not where you are financially, where you want to be financially, you may have a fear of success. So take a look in the mirror and start evaluating some of your lifestyle decisions and start evaluating some of your thought processes around money. Looking at your bank account alone, some people, they don't even open up their bank accounts because they're fearful of what they may see. I mean, it's there, right? It's not going to change whether or not you log in, but some people cannot physically log into their bank accounts because they're fearful of what they may see. So you have to start uncovering some of those hidden beliefs. Mm. Love it. I'm going to ask you one more question before we close it out. Now, I want you to play a game with me. What or where is your real estate journey 10 years from now? DeRay, I want you to think as big as possible. And I don't even know if you have a 10-year vision of this far out, but I want you to go crazy with it. And there's nothing, there's no wrong answer. I want to hear the craziest, most ill-conceived, nastiest, idea of you in 10 years with your real estate journey. Man, that, that, that's, a, that's a bomb, Matthew. And if I, if I share this with you, promise you won't tell any, a single other person? I promise. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, man, man, yeah. Hang on. I'm tweeting right now. I'm tweeting right now. 10-year <laughs> goals are, are pretty significant. No, it doesn't even have to be a goal. I want, I want like just nasty. Like I want to be owning like a a uh, flying orbiting hotel around Mars where like <laughs> I'm bringing mercury water. I want something. I want I want to hear something crazy from you. Yeah, no, I'll kind of take a step back from your question, but what what's crazy and you may be you may be able to attest to this, but what's crazy especially most of us in, in western civilization is that we believe that we need a whole lot more than we actually do to live a fulfilling life. Mm. You know, um it's very easy even though it's very hard, it's probably the hardest thing to do, but it's very easy to aim to build a big business. And that's something that a lot of people that start getting into the space would want to do. And I take a slightly different approach in that I'm not opposed to a big business. I'm not ever going to be like, well, you know, if there's opportunity that comes by, oh, no, I can't do big business. Like that's that's not what I'm opposed to. But what I'm what I am for is lifestyle design. That's what I like to promote. And that's what I like to help people achieve. Right. And you can, and I've seen people who they make 50 grand a year and they travel the world 
and they're loving life and they're in places like Chiang Mai and they're taking advantage of geo arbitrage and they're they're living, quote unquote, the dream off of 50 grand a year. And they couldn't be any happier. They have every single thing that they want. Mm. And then I, I have clients who make two, three hundred, four hundred grand a year. And every every month their bank account goes to zero. They have two cars. They have a big house payment and they're struggling. They hate their lives and they feel like they're poor. They can't travel. They can't do anything. So I think about those two different dichotomies and people have totally different lifestyles and you see it's working out for some people who are making way less and working out, not working out for people who are making way more. So for me personally, it's about lifestyle design. It's about creating your ultimate vision. It's about creating that ultimate lifestyle. I love to travel, Matthew. I want to be able to go on six month sabbaticals. I want to be able to submerge myself in a culture and really just, just take in that experience. So Two, three, four, ten years down the line, I'm I'm literally traveling the world. I'm learning about new places. I'm, I'm meeting new people. I'm exploring. I'm I'm quote unquote a digital nomad. Like that is that is my dream for myself, and that is a dream for a lot of the people that that are in my camp. And I think that it's achievable. It's very achievable, right? You don't need to hit the six figure mark. You don't need to hit the seven figure mark. It's so achievable now in the digital age more than ever. And once you do have your lifestyle design, quote unquote, once you are the master of your time, you can then look onto some of those bigger and better goals because you do control everything that goes in and out of your life. I think that's a better place to scale from than trying to scale from, well, I'm trying to leave my full time job and I'm trying to do X, Y and Z in the next amount of years. And I need X, Y and Z amount of money. And, you know, there's a lot that goes with that. I I've had ton of experiences to where I was just like, do I build a big business? Do I keep it small and in-house? And do I facilitate growth naturally? Like I've had this battle, you know, for the past few years, but I know personally, I go back to my core beliefs and my goals and my wants and my desires, what I want for myself and what I want for my community. And it's lifestyle design above everything. And then we can scale and see what we can offer from there. Well, I love that answer. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm so glad to be talking to you this morning. <laughs> I love it. Ray Sunshine, DeRay. Hello. What's there up? Here we go. Here we go. That's awesome. Oh, man. I love no, it. very good. Very good. Very good. All right. Let's close it out with the uh, closing three questions. So, first question What is your favorite book to regift? You're going to love this one. Uh, Four Hour Work Week is my favorite book, hands down, in the world. It is almost the Bible um, in, in terms of uh, lifestyle design, automation, and uh, scaling. Mm, good. Question two If you were to give a TEDx talk, what would it be on and why? The hard questions, man. If I were to give a TEDx talk, what would it be on? It would probably focus a whole lot around mindset and our belief systems. I think about my three most popular talks or webinars, and it's, you know, my first one is like overcoming fear. It's around fear. Um, another one is entrepreneurial ADD, our, you know, shiny object syndrome. And another one is um, just basically time management and getting focused. Um, not only do I help first time investors kind of help them build their system, but also experienced real estate investors who have their system down packed, but they're trying to figure out, well, what's email marketing? What's ConvertKit? What's my perfect audience? You know, things like that. I think that those things are really important. So if I were to give a, a speech, it would literally be around, well, well, actually, let me change my answer. <laughs> if I were to give a TEDx speech, it would be about the future of online business. Boom. Yeah, we, we could hone that down down to, uh, to real estate in, in that sector, but the future of online business, how to build up an online real estate business. That's fire, man. Awesome. All right. Third question. What is a pain point or weakness you face right now in your business? Finding good help. Mm. Yeah. Finding good help. I think that there are a ton of contractors. There are a ton of, you know, different resources that outsource different things, whether it's in my real estate business or in my um, educational business. But it's not often that you find good help. So when you do find good help, I suggest that you pay them well and you hold on to them for dear life. 
Mm, love it. All right. And I believe uh, we have, uh, we always like to be adding value and give back to our audience. And I believe we have a webinar. Uh, you have a webinar coming up. Is that correct? Yes, yes, I do. I have a webinar coming up. Uh, and you guys can head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash webinar. And again, some of these same things that Matthew and I have talked about, you know, uh, building up your real estate system. If you haven't yet jumped into real estate, it's something that I talk about immensely on this webinar. I'll show you guys how I built my system. And um, if you have built up your real estate system and now you're trying to build up your real estate business around that real estate system. So the normal components of a business that you don't yet have, especially as it pertains to an online business, um, I'll talk about those things as well. So you could head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash webinar and I'll be giving you my key to lifestyle design. Boom. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Just email me or connect with me on Instagram. I think we both have Instagram, right, Matt? That's your platform. Yeah. So yeah, my name is uh, Darrell Lalia. First name is D-A-R-A-Y. Last name is O-L-A-L-E-Y-E. So my Instagram handle is Darrell Lalia. And if it makes it easier for you, just head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash Instagram and it'll go straight to my Instagram page. Boom. Love it. Thank you very much, DeRay, for being on the show. I know I appreciated having you on and hearing your story and, you know, your mindset and everything behind it. It's very inspirational. And, you know, we'll catch you on the next go round, my friend. We'll stay in touch. Awesome, my man, Matthew. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for the service that you're providing to this community. I mean, again, there are a ton of investors out there, but how many of us are really how many of us really have this give back component? How many people are waking up at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning to get content out to the... I mean, you guys should be thanking Matthew right now. He's up. What time is it? What time is it right now in Shanghai, Matthew? 5.38 a.m. This is for you guys. <laughs> okay, this, is, this, is, this is for you guys. Uh, Matthew, it's been amazing. I thank you for having me on and hopefully, hopefully I've added some value to your listeners. Love you, brother. You're great. Peace. Peace.